direct your attention this morning, my dear friends, to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. We'll be looking at verses 14 through 18. If you're using a copy of the scripture under the seat in front of you, you will find that on page 759. We ask you to turn there and then leave your Bible open as we move through this particular passage. We've been working the last couple of weeks through a series that we have called Always Be Prepared. Always be prepared to gossip the gospel, to share the good news of the gospel. We've been looking at various texts. Last week we looked at the Great Commission, Jesus' words from the end of the Gospel of Matthew, when he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, in your daily life, in your going, make disciples. The command to make disciples. We had the promise, I I am with you, even to the very end of the age. Today we find this promise that he knows us. Not only is he with us, as we looked at last week, empowering us to take this gospel into the world, but now we have the certainty of knowing that we are known by him. We are his sheep, the ones for whom he has laid down his life and died. So my question then is, what does this have to do with always being prepared to gossip the gospel? What does his knowing us have to do with how we share this gospel and are commanded to do that? Well, let's find out. We give our full attention then to the reading and preaching of God's word, John chapter 10, beginning in verse 14. Friends, hear now the very word of God. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father... I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. What do we know about God's word? The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands. Father, we say that every week and we believe that, that you are now going to leap from the page before us by the work of your Spirit and speak to us. We hear your voice as we give our attention to your word. So open our eyes and our ears to behold it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Please, friends, be seated. If I said the name George Zimmer, maybe some of you might know who that is. But if I tell you what he was famous for always saying, I think most of us, if not all of us, will then know who he is. Here is the famous quote that he always said, I guarantee it. But he always said it in that New Jersey accent, right? I guarantee it, he would say. He was the founder and CEO of Men's Warehouse. And every one of the commercials always ended, he would give some idea of why they were cheaper than everybody else. And then he would say, I guarantee it takes a Men's Warehouse sale to beat a Men's Warehouse price. I guarantee it, he would say. But two years ago, he got ousted from his company, his job, And he's not making any guarantees today. The guarantees that we once had, if we were customers of Men's Warehouse, were only temporary guarantees, 
because there are no guarantees today that are being communicated to us with every single commercial. No eternal guarantee for sure. But what we have in the passage that's open in your lap before you this morning, my friends, is an absolute eternal guarantee. A guarantee that comes from the very one who identifies himself as the Good Shepherd. This is the fifth of eight I Am passages in John's Gospel. The fifth of eight. He says in our passage, I am the Good Shepherd. Remember last week? When he said, I, I am with you even to the very end of the age. I told you the Greek phrase there, ego, a me. The stressing of not I am with you, but I, I am with you. And we find the same thing here. I, I am the good shepherd. Good, what does that mean? It doesn't mean kind. Go out there and be good to all people. Be kind to all people. That's not what this Greek word here means. Good here means nobility or worthiness. I am the noble shepherd. I am the worthy shepherd. But notice also the definite article. It is definitively present in Greek. I am the noble shepherd. I am the worthy shepherd. Shepherd. I'm not one of many, even one of a few. I am the one and only. The one and only good shepherd. And this one and only good shepherd gives us a guarantee. A guarantee that we are his and a guarantee that he will use us in the furtherance of his kingdom as we are gossiping this gospel that he has lavished on us that has brought us into this sheep pen, into this fold. Look at the guarantee that we have that is actually, listen friends, it's actually wrapped up in the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and now God the Son with us. We find it in verse 14 and 15. He says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, my sheep know know me, just as the shepherd, or just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Here's why our guarantee is an eternal guarantee. Because with the same type of knowledge that God the Son has for God the Father, and God the Father has for God the Son, Jesus is now saying, God the Son has with us. The same affection that God the Father had for His Son, and continues to have for His Son, is the same affection that we are now receiving through God the Son in the finished work that He has done. The Father, the Son, the Spirit are eternal, infinite and eternal, unchangeable in their being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth, as we all have memorized in our shorter catechism question and answer. And if you haven't memorized, you ought to. God the Father, infinite and eternal. The promise then that He gives to know His sheep is an infinite and eternal knowledge like he knows the Father and the Son knows the Father and the Father knows the Son. It's the same relationship that we now have through the finished work of the Son. So if you're here today, my friends, and you are a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ, that work has been done for you by the Lord Jesus Christ. He has died for you, shed his blood for you, 
He who knew no sin became sin for you, taking your sin in his body and dying for that sin, even as we heard in our liturgy this morning. You are a believer today because he has caused the scales to fall from your eyes and given you the ability to have faith and repentance, to see who he is, the good shepherd, and to believe him and to trust him. If you're here today and that is not your faith, then there is good news. He speaks. That's what he says, is it not? In, uh, in verse 16, the middle of verse 16, I am bringing those in that I have died for. They must come in. There are other people out there that aren't in the body as of yet, and they will, not might, but they will hear my voice. The good news for you today, my friend, is that the Savior is speaking to you wooing you to himself to give you faith and repentance to see that he alone has died for your sin. This then, my friends, is exactly why this is part of our series of gossiping the gospel. As those of us who have received this grace, the gift of life eternal, abundant, and free, he says now he is going to use us to speak of this grace that we are recipients of, to draw in all those that are not yet in his pen that must be brought in, in fact, that will be brought in. And he is standing before us, friends, and he is saying, I guarantee it. Isn't that wonderful? That we are going to come to saving faith by the work of a Savior who guarantees by irresistible grace that we are going to receive this gift, we're going to understand who He is, we're going to believe Him, we're going to take Him at His word, we're going to trust in Him, and we are going to be with Him forever and forever. I guarantee it. Guaranteed success then, my friends, in our sharing of the gospel, our gossiping the gospel, friends, listen, we have guaranteed success that there are those out there that are part of the sheep pen and they just simply don't know it yet because they haven't heard and he's using sinful people like you and me to go out and gossip this gospel that we have been given and in doing so, he's going to bring them in. He will bring them in. So the surety of this good shepherd only comes first through the sacrifice. We have to understand the fullness of what it is that he has done for us. The sacrifice of our good shepherd, the good shepherd, begins with his voluntary laying down of his life. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me just as the Father knows me. I lay down my life. He goes on to say, as we have already read, nobody takes it from me. I do it willingly. This is Jesus, a picture of Jesus' active obedience. Not his passive obedience. Passive meaning something done to him. He was whipped. He was flogged. He was beaten. And he willingly subjected to them doing that to him. That was our gospel account. We all like sheep have gone astray. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. But here is his active obedience. I lay down my life. I willingly lay down my life. Nobody takes it from me, but I willingly do it on my own, and I pick it up again. You see, here's a big difference. In a few weeks from now, we're going to be celebrating Memorial Day weekend. And we are going to honor those individuals who have willingly laid down their life for the freedoms that we enjoy. And we honor those individuals for paying that ultimate sacrifice of actively laying down their life. But they cannot pick their life up again. 
Only Jesus can do that. Why? He tells us at the end of our passage, because he has authority to do that. The same word that we saw last week in the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Given? Why given? Remember last week. Go back and listen to the sermon on the, on the website. Because of what was given to Adam and Eve in creation, representative, vicegerents, overseeing, having authority over all of creation, they lost it when they sinned against God. But God promised that one was coming, and that promise was one would come to crush the head of Satan because he would have full authority. And now Jesus at the Great Commission says, that authority is mine. It's been given to me. And here he tells us, I have the authority to lay down my life, and I have the authority to pick it back up again. Here's what that means for you. Here's what that means for me. Jesus is our Savior. He saves us. He died for us. He took our sin in his body and he, was, he nailed it to let, allowed them to nail it to the cross dying for us. But friends, he's not only our Savior, he is our Lord. He is the master of our life. He has authority over our total life. Every hair on our head. And that number changes often for people like me. He knows the number. He knows the number, the thoughts that go through your mind before you form the words on your lips. He is in complete control of your life. He is the Lord and the Savior. Not simply just my Savior, but the Lord and the Savior. And he voluntarily laid down his life for you, for me. But friends, let's look at a very hard doctrine here too. Let's spend some time understanding and having a deeper passion for this one who voluntarily sacrificed himself for us. Because look at the last half of that same phrase at the end of verse 15. I lay down my life, but I lay down my life only for my sheep. Only for my sheep. It is a vicarious sacrifice which means it was a sacrifice done by another for others. He substituted for us, substitutionary atonement. My sin deserved to be nailed to the cross and me being nailed to the cross, but Jesus vicariously sacrificed that for me by taking that sin in his body. But notice what it says, my friends, I lay down my life for whom? For my sheep. Now, this is a doctrine that's difficult. It's called limited atonement, or it's called particular redemption. Doctrines do divide us from time to time, my friends, but this is a doctrine that we ought to see is a greater passion, a greater love for my Savior. I hurled many a book across the room when I first heard the doctrine of limited atonement. What is limited atonement? It is this. That Jesus Christ did not come to die for all mankind everywhere. Jesus came to die only for the elect. Only for, as he says here, only for my sheep. Now let me say, let me unpack this for you, alright? If Jesus is God and he's man, fully God and fully man, we believe that, right? We believe that along with our Arminian friends. So this doctrine doesn't divide us. We're not saying that our Arminian friends are the, 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 uh, the enemy. They're not. They believe that Jesus is fully God and fully man, just like we are. But here's, here's something I want to lay out for you. If Jesus is God and man, completely 100% pure, 
no sin in him. He took on our sin, but he had no sin in him. And Jesus died. If Jesus has died for all mankind everywhere, and Jesus is God, he's perfect, what's the natural conclusion of that? If Jesus died for all mankind, then all mankind better be saved, right? But we know that's not true. Throughout all of Scripture, we know that there are those that are reprobate. There are those that are apart from saving grace. Jesus himself told us that in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. I will separate the sheep from the goats. And I will say to those on my left, I don't know you. But to those on my right, I will say, come, receive the inheritance that's been prepared for you from when? Before the foundation of the world. So if Jesus died for all mankind, then all mankind better be saved. But all mankind aren't saved, so that's not a natural conclusion. But if we say Jesus came and died for all his elect, for all his sheep, and in fact we have this guaranteed promise that all his elect will come to saving faith, then that is a 100% pure and perfect sacrifice. Everybody for whom Jesus came to die for will come savingly to faith. He will draw us to himself. None of us would ever come to saving faith. We are dead in our sins and in our transgressions. But God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive in Christ Jesus. This, ought, this doctrine, as difficult as it is, ought to make us... Oh, just fall down even more prostrate. If you can get more prostrate than prostrate, fall down even more so before a God who loved us that much. We all come kicking and screaming into the kingdom because we love the darkness more than the light. But he is light. He is the good shepherd. I lay down my life, he said. Now, friends, let me just give you some other verses so that you see that this is something that Scripture gives us. If you look back in verse 11, Jesus said the same thing. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for whom? For his sheep. Turn to the left to John chapter 6. Let me just read a couple of verses here in this chapter for you. In John chapter 6, verse 39. And this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise them up. I will raise them up on the last day. In verse 44, No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to himself. He says the same thing in verse 65. He went on to say, This is why I told you, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him to come to me. Now turn to the right, to John chapter 17. What's known to us as the high priestly prayer, Jesus' prayer. And look at verse 2. For all you granted, uh, you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those that you have given to him. Verse 6 I have received you to those, uh, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me. In verse 9, I'm praying only for them. I'm not praying for the whole world, but I am praying only for the ones that you have given to me. Verse 20, my prayer is not for them, not for those that are not part of the sheep pen, 
But I pray also for those who will believe in me through the message of those that are in the sheep pen. In verse 24, Father, I want those that you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. This vicarious sacrifice that Jesus Christ paid for us, whereby out of darkness he calls us and we will respond, we will come. And so people will ask me when I explain this, this is my belief, this is what I cling to, a doctrine that I love. The first question I always get is this, well then why would you evangelize? If the number is certain, if Jesus came only to die for the elect and that number is certain before the foundation of the world, then why would you evangelize? My response is a question to their question. If Jesus did not die for a certain group of people, why would you evangelize? If you had absolutely no guarantee that anything was going to happen, why waste the time? I guarantee you, I guarantee, I guarantee you there are no rainbow trout in the Trinity River. I'm not going to go waste my time fly fishing in the Trinity River. Because there is a 100% guarantee that there, is no, there are no rainbow trout in that river. The water's too hot. They can't live there. But there are rainbow trout in the Colorado River or the Arkansas River or the Blue River. And I guarantee you we're going to catch some fish if we go there. If, if there was no guarantee, why would we do anything? But we have a guarantee. We don't know who the elect are. We don't walk around with elect or non-elect. We go into the world with the gospel and we sound very Arminian. You better, you better pray to receive Christ. You better confess your sin. You better bow the knee to Him. But we know this. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, what's the response? You will be saved. Not you might be saved, but you will only come to Him because you have been drawn to Him by the Father. And only those who are drawn to him by the Father are the ones for whom he has died. He laid down his life for us. So he says to us, friends, right here, to those that are in the sheep pen, I must bring those in that are outside the sheep pen, and they will hear my voice. Now, doggone it, get out there and get them. Get out there and get them with the gospel and preach it to everybody, gossip the gospel to everybody, and know this, nothing you can do or ever will do has brought anybody into the kingdom. Only Jesus brings them into the kingdom, and he uses your presentation of that gospel to do so. Why wouldn't we want to obey? Why wouldn't we want to be obedient to that? But friends, the certainty, the assurance of this guarantee... It's only because of that perfect sacrifice, 100% perfect and pure, and it now gives us a 100% guarantee for success in our sharing of our faith. That was the word that we gave to you in our liturgy in the assurance of pardoning faith. It was the exact same assurance of pardoning faith that we looked at last year. It is as if God is making his plea through us. I have given you the ministry of reconciliation because you have been reconciled to your heavenly Father and are one with him because you were one with the Savior, this good, the good shepherd. 
And because of that reconciliation, now I've given you the ministry of reconciliation to go into the world to gossip this gospel. And it's as if God is speaking through you to those that he says right here, they will hear my voice. And so the surety then is that we hear the voice of our Savior. We hear the voice of our You remember in the Old Testament, Samuel, who hears the call of God? He's living with Eli in the temple, and he wakes up in the middle of the night because he hears Samuel, Samuel. And he jumps up and thinks old Eli the priest is needing something, runs to him. Yes, Eli, what do you need? What are you talking about, what do I need? Well, you called me. I didn't call you. Go back to bed, kid. You're, you're, you're waking me up. And he gets back to the bed. What does he hear? Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Eli, what do you need? What do you need? What do you mean, what do I need? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. It takes three times before Eli the priest goes, duh, somebody's probably calling you that's a higher power than me. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. And so he says, you go back to your bed, Samuel. And when you hear that voice again, you say this, Lord, here is your servant. I'm listening. Speak. He hears the voice of the Lord. Does that mean now, friends, that you're going to hear this audible voice? No, no, that may not mean that at all. Can he do that? Certainly he could if he wanted to. You're going to hear his voice right here. Every time you pick up his word, every time you read his word. I just gouged my Bible with my fingernail. Oh, <laughs> that's going to bother me. You can take, <laughs> they make a pill for that. <laughs> That's what my wife tells me all the time. Okay, come on back. I, uh, come on back. The voice, we're hearing the voice. The absolute certain guarantee comes from the voice of the Savior. You're going to hear the voice. It's either through the, the word. It's through the voice of, a, of another uh, a jar, a, a jar of clay, another individual that's speaking the treasure, the treasure in jars of clay. You could hear it through another individual, somebody speaking this gospel to you. Did you know that, that uh, Jesus was a Calvinist? <laughs> Actually, better said, I should say, it's this. Calvin was a Christian. Calvin listened to Jesus. Would you look down in verse 25? Jesus' words here, he actually gives us all five points. T-U-L-I-P, tulip, of Calvinism. The five points of Calvinism. He, he gets them out of order. We put them in order so that we could make a flower out of it. But look at it. Look at it. Verse 25, Jesus answered, I did tell you. Because they're saying, uh, don't keep us in any suspense any longer. When, when, when are you going to do this, this, all this work? Are you gonna, how, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're really the Christ, just tell us plainly, they said. And Jesus said, I, tell, I did tell you, but you do not believe. There's total depravity. Total depravity. We cannot believe. We cannot believe on our own. We don't believe on our own. We love the darkness more than the light. We are dead in our sin and transgression, but God who is rich in mercy makes us alive. I told you, you do not believe. Look at the end of verse 26 and the beginning of verse 27. Here we have limited atonement. You are not of my sheep, but my sheep listen to my voice. So there are two kinds, those that are not his sheep and those that are his sheep, those the ones for whom he came and died and those for whom he did not die. Limited atonement. Irresistible grace, verse 27. I know them, they know me, they follow me. Because I know them, they will follow me. Irresistible grace, the hound of heaven always gets his man or woman. 
we are going to come savingly into faith because the hound of heaven, he will make us hear his voice, know him, and follow him. Unconditional election, you. I gave them, give them eternal life. Verse 28. It's not based on our condition of walking an aisle, praying a magic prayer. I give them eternal life, he said. It is the gift that we have been given. And then P, preservation of the saints. I have given them eternal life and they will never, ever, 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 ever perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me, the ones that he died for, is greater than all and no one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Is that not the most beautiful gospel that you could ever hear? This is not a doctrine that ought to divide us. This is a doctrine that ought to make us fall prostrate before the Savior and say, it's by grace alone, grace upon grace. The very salvation that you have been given and the very salvation that you go gossip is by grace and grace alone. I want to read. We don't sing this hymn much because we don't know the tune. We know it more in the RUF tune. It's called A Debtor to Mercy Alone. It's 463. We're not going to sing it. Let me, let me just read it to you. But it's by Top Lady. Listen to the last stanza of this, this hymn. My name from the palms of his hands, eternity will not erase. Impressed on his heart it remains, marks of indelible grace. Yes, I to the end shall endure, as sure as the earnest is given. More happy, but not more secure, the glorified spirits in heaven. We are glory bound, beloved. There is, we cannot be more secure, more joyous, yes, more happy, but not more Secure. So what does this mean for you today? If you are in Jesus Christ today, if you have been given this gospel, you love him. You have a burning passion for your Savior who died for you because you are his sheep. Then we of all people, above all people, should never lack assurance. It wasn't yours to win. It's not yours to lose. You are in the hand of your Savior. No one can snatch you from there. Full assurance of salvation forever. More happy in resting in that, but not more secure. You can't get more secure than 100% secure. So that means for us there is no fear. There is no doubt. There is no disobedience in the command to go into the world and gossip this gospel. I have nothing to fear because they can't take anything away from me and I have everything to give to them. If they are elect, then the irresistible grace of God is going to work. It may work when I am actually sharing the gospel. It may have been a seed planted by someone else 30 years ago that the Lord allows me to see fruit being uh, born, or I may plant the seed and somebody else may bear that fruit later with a clearer presentation of the gospel. The, the guaranteed success is this. They will come in. They will hear His voice. So we must simply be obedient. 
We have no doubt. We have no fear. We, ha we simply must respond to the Savior and go in our going into the world, all of the world, Craig Ranch and around the globe, we go with the gospel. The gospel is with us at the HOA meeting, the soccer club meeting, the grocery store, the cubicle, the office, the prison, the nursing home, the food pantry, the preschool, the pregnancy care center. All of those places, everywhere we are, we are gossiping this gospel. If you are in Christ, you are there because he has drawn you savingly to himself and given you this gift. And now you can't help but go speak because it's an absolute guarantee. But friend, if you're here today and that's not your faith, if you don't know this Savior, then would you again just simply look at that promise that he gives in verse 16? Perhaps you are one of the sheep that are to be in the pen that are not yet in the pen and he is speaking to you today through this sinful servant with this holy, infallible, and inerrant word saying, listen to that voice because he is giving you the keys to the kingdom, the promise of life eternal, abundant, and free forever and ever and ever. I saw it firsthand with my own eyes, my friends, this last summer with a, my dear buddy Dale that I sometimes fish with. We were in Colorado and we were enjoying lunch after fishing all morning. We were enjoying lunch at a picnic table next to the river. And all of a sudden we heard this clang, 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 clang. It didn't sound like these bells. It sounded like a cowbell. I need more of that cowbell. It sounded like a cowbell. And I, and I kept saying, what is that noise? What is that noise as we're enjoying this beautiful river running through it? And uh, we're enjoying sandwiches and clang, 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 clang. And I look up and up, coming up over the top of the mountain was one big old fat sheep wearing one big old honking bell. And when he, every step, clang, 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 he was, he was making this noise. And then we captured the shepherd upstream, standing next to the water, calling out. And then after this one big old fat sheep with that bell, came scores of sheep, one after the other, following the bell, following the clang, all the way down. He got all the way to the water, crossed the water, and they were still coming over the top of the mountain. They came down and they flooded the whole park across the road. There were cars coming down that stopped. They're honking the horns. Those sheep aren't listening to a thing. The horns, hey, get out of the way. They're not moving. But then the shepherd gives one little command, and they follow. They moved. They all came over to that sound, the clang of that bell. We come in to the sound of the sweet voice of our Savior. And we go into the world because of the sweet command of the Savior. I have given you life. Now go speak of the hope that you have. Be prepared. Go in your going. Always go. Making disciples, speaking, gossiping this gospel. And here is the guarantee. I'll bring them in, not you. I'll use you to speak and I will draw them savingly to myself. I guarantee it, he says. Statistics say then that there are those out there 
that are supposed to be in here. Doggone it, let's get out there and go get them. Let us pray. Father in heaven, what a joy it is to, to hear your gospel. To hear your gospel that we are yours because you have ordained it. You have given us the gift of belief and given us the gift of eternal life. So Father, as your children, we now want to be obedient to your command. In every occasion, in all of our going, that we are speaking of this hope with one another, even building each other up here in the body, those that are in the sheep pen. But then when we're outside of this pen, we're speaking of that hope, trusting, knowing there is the guarantee, your guarantee, that your elect will come savingly to yourself. So, Father, you've caused the sun to rise this morning because the last of your elect have not yet bowed the knee which means we need to get into the world and preach the good news of the gospel. So encourage us, empower us, let us never deny, let us never doubt, and never let us be disobedient, please, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.